Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. Hey everybody, my name is Corey. I'm one of the pastors at Branch Life. And no matter where you are today, whether you're watching online or you're streaming in your car as you drive, we just want to say thank you for engaging with today's message. We hope that no matter where you are in life, it will be an encouragement to you and that it will cause you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. We also want to challenge you and say don't leave today without taking the next step that you need to take in your faith journey. One of the ways that we can help you with that is if you go to branchlife.church, you'll find steps there on how to take that next step for you. Again, we're thankful that you've engaged with us today, and we hope that we'll see you in the weeks to come. Hey guys, Josh here from Branch Life Church. Man, thanks so much for joining us for this online worship time. We're glad that you're a part of this uh, uh, recording and we hope that it's an encouragement to you. If you are one of our friends and one of our neighbors that were involved in this week's apartment fire, uh, one of the first responders, we want to particularly welcome you or just one of our community members that gave to that response. It was an honor for us as a church and it is an honor for us to be coming alongside of our neighbors during this time. We we believe that we're better together. And in a time where there's a lot of division, when there's a time there's a lot of people pulling people apart uh, and getting mad at one person or another for this or that or the other thing, in our community this week, we came together. And we are better together. And I am proud to be a part of the Pottstown and North Coventry community. I'm, a proud, I'm proud to know you guys as your neighbors, and we are praying for you. We're going to talk a little bit about that apartment fire this week, and, and hopefully we can encourage your soul, encourage your spirit, no matter how you're connected to it or no matter what you are going through. Just after the fire, we had the hurricanes come through, and uh, a lot of people, as we speak or recording this now, have lost power, and it just seems to be one thing on top of another in 2020, so we're going to talk about that. I think that 2020 needs a theme song. So maybe jump onto our social this week and we'll ask the question, what should 2020's theme song be? And I'm sure that you guys have a lot of ideas and it needs to be that song that is playing in your head uh, during this season. Have you ever had that happen where you have a particular song that you just can't get out of your head during a season? Uh, maybe you're like getting ready to, to work out and uh, getting prepped for something big and you roll up your sleeves and you start doing like Eye of the Tiger, right? You know, and that's your song, you know, I, I love the tiger, I'm a da 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 da, right? So 
uh, pass the offering plates during the special music I'm singing to you right now. And that could be the song for the workout, or maybe it's a breakup song that, that you have and you've broken up and this song just keeps coming up on the radio or coming up on the Spotify list and it makes you cry every single time. And maybe it's the song... Uh, 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 look away when the tears are in my eyes and you see me walking by. Look away, baby. Look away. I just don't want you to see me this way. Maybe that's your breakup song, right? Or maybe when you're going through a hard time and you just can't deal with anything anymore, you just go to the classic Carrie Underwood song, say, Jesus, take the wheel. And those songs seem to pop up just, just at those times. And, and when you're going through something hard, when you're going through something sad, a lot of times, uh, music expresses the feelings that you can't get out. And it, it touches you in a way and it speaks in, to you in a way that, that nothing else can. That's why that we sing songs at, at, at memorial services or, or at celebrations. Well, in our series that we're going through as a church, we're a part of this summer playlist series. And we're saying that there are songs that you need to have as a part of your playlist, not only this summer, but for different seasons of life. And some of the best songs that you can have playing in your head during seasons of life are the Psalms. These are ancient songs that are written and they matter during modern times and they will speak to you in a way that nothing else will. They connect you to the emotions of what's going on and you're going to find happiness and sadness uh, in these songs. You're going to find celebration. You're going to find confusion. You're going to find anger here. And these songs will speak to all of those emotions. You will be found in these psalms. You will find yourself. And there, there's a reason that these songs have lasted through, uh, through such a long time. And there's a reason that they should be on your summer playlist. We're in week three of looking at one of the most incredible passages of, of the Bible ever written, Psalm 23. You've heard it before. You've heard it at somewhere, some way. Uh, maybe this will sound familiar to it quickly as I read it to you. The Mona Lisa of Psalms, the, the masterpiece of the Bible. For the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. You, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. For those of you that are facing these hard times, for those of you that are, are dealing with something difficult, for those of you that just had it with 2020, today we want to summarize, we want to give you something that you can hold on to and a reason to make this Psalm, Psalm 23, something that is always going through your head and is on your playlist. When we get to the end of the Psalm, and this is a challenge, and we kind of think, what does this mean? What does it matter? What, what should be the 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 reason this comforts me, the more I stare at this painting, what should come back to me? We're, we're kind of saying this about the psalm. In this world, even a pandemic, in 2020, Christ followers should be an example of calm, rested contentment. If you know Jesus, that should result in you being an example to everyone around you, going through all the same stuff, going through all the same craziness that you're able to be calm, rested, and content in this time. Now, for so many of us, that does not describe us. Doesn't mean we can't be sad. Doesn't mean we can't be confused. Doesn't mean we can't have moments of anger. But are we described as people who are calm, 
rested and content or angry, stressed, bitter, mad, and cast down. Last week, we looked at this idea of why there's so many times that we aren't, when we follow Jesus, we aren't described like this. And if you don't have Jesus, it's super hard to be calm, rested, and content. Because the fact of the matter is life looks like this sometimes. We land on our backs and we just don't know what to do and we're totally cast down. And last week, and if you run back and and read that, you're going to see what it means to be cast down. And the psalmist says, why are you cast down, my soul? Why are you at turmoil within me? And why do we feel this way during this time? This is 2020. We all probably feel cast down. And a sheep, when it's on its back, is called a cast down sheep. And it needs the rod and the staff of the shepherd to come in, to, to turn it over, to protect it. And then it needs the comfort, literally the rubbing of the, the legs and the body of the sheep to bring, to bring it back to where it's stable and where it'll live, and where it'll be calm, and where it'll be safe. But why? Why do we find ourselves like this so much? Well, because this happens. There's always going to be some tragedy or turmoil. There's always going to be some big disaster that rolls in. There's going to be bad days. There's going to be hard days in this world. And in in 2020, in the Pottstown area, for 45-plus families... This was the week that they had. This small uh, apartment fire spread to the entire building on Thursday a week ago. Families were were pulling friends and and getting each other out of these things. Uh, Firefighters were running in to the fire, pulling out residents. And nearly 100 people were were, uh, brought out of this structure before it burned to the ground. But by some miracle, nobody was killed. As of the recording of this video on Wednesday, there, there's one lady still in the hospital and we want to ask a, a special prayer for her, ask for a full recovery, ask that, that she would uh, have healing in her body. But everybody else is now out and has made a full recovery physically. But everything that they owned, everything that they had was lost in this fire. Why am I cast down, O oh my soul? Why do I have turmoil inside of me? Because bad things happen. You know, if you're a part of this fire, if you're one of these families, there's a couple of things that I want you to know personally. Number one, you are loved. Number one, you are loved. You are cared about. Doesn't matter your history. Doesn't matter your past. Doesn't matter where you come from. You are loved. You are loved by your neighbors. You are loved by God. And you are loved by this community. And on this moment, in this time, in this place, God was watching over you. And if you're a part of this community, I just want to say how proud I am of our neighbors in this time. What we've been able to see accomplished has been incredible. The outpouring of love for these families. And we're going to keep it up. Let's focus on what brings us together and less on what divides us as we move forward. But if you're a part of this fire, if You've lost power for the last three days. If you're going through a terminal illness, if, if there's been a relationship fallout, if you've spent your last dollar and you don't know where your next meal is coming from, you're probably asking yourself a very real question. Why would God allow something like this to happen? Why, would, why does God let bad things happen to good people? Why, why is there pain and suffering in this world? Why didn't God just stop this fire in the first place instead of having just to rescue me from it? Those are great questions and they're questions that you need to be asking about God. And when we look at this song, Psalm 23, 
we see some incredible truth poured out. This song speaks to us in, in ways that nothing else could in this moment in time. And in Psalm 23, we see some really encouraging facts. I want to sum up as we look at the last part of the psalm with this phrase. If we were going to rename Psalm 23, especially verse 5, I'd rename it something like this. It, it, here's what we're going to find. When you can't see God's plan, just take his hand. When you can't see God's plan, take his hand. It doesn't make sense to us. It doesn't seem like a very good plan to allow fire to displace at least 75 families from their homes. People who had homes, were working hard, were paying the rent, all of a sudden lost it all. Now, technically, they're all homeless. That doesn't seem like a great plan. I, God, I don't get that plan. God, I don't understand that plan. God, I don't like that plan. Here's the truth from this song. When you can't see God's plan, just take his hand. There's story of story after story in this fire of neighbor helping neighbor literally in the moment and the smoke being so bad that you couldn't see your way through the hallways or, or to the exits or down the stairwells and neighbors guiding neighbors and when, when one couldn't see the way out, they would reach out and grab the hand of the other and they would guide them down those stairs and out the doors to safety. When you are in the midst of the fire, when the smoke is covering your eyes and you're asking yourself, why is this happening? I, what God, what is this trouble in my life for? Why can't you take this suffering and pain away? This, this doesn't make sense to me. What should I do in that moment? You should reach for God's hand and hold it tighter and allow him to pull you through this trouble. In Psalm chapter 23, verse 5, we read this. It says God, and, and before in the psalm, we saw that God was called a shepherd. This is the shepherd psalm about a, a shepherd taking care of his sheep. Where the sheep and, and by the way, sheep are dumb. And God is God and he knows way more than we'll ever know. We got to know what we don't know and know that God knows it. When you, God, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. This, this to me is one of the more confusing parts of this song. And it's yet one of the more powerful parts of the song. We all understand the picture in the verse before that says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. We understand that we all walk through times. We all walk through difficult times. And when we walk through these valleys, like these fires and like 2020, we don't fear evil. But what does it mean when it says you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies? You anoint my head with oil. Well, when you come to a passage of scripture, I, I encourage you to take three steps. And we've looked at these at each three of these conversations about 23. Number one, I encourage you to mark it up. Just make observations and see what's there. If you were going to mark it up, you would notice in this verse that it starts with the you. And the you's talking to God. You, God does this work. God prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemy. God anoints my head with oil and then my cup overflows. That's just an observation exercise. The second thing you do is look for the topics that are there and try to dig for the meaning and try to understand what's being talked about. And the best way to do this is to simply ask questions and get it answered. So let's ask some questions to help us understand this powerful song in Psalm 23. When it says, you prepare a table before me, what's the table? Now, that's not as simple as a question as you might think it may be. So let's ask it, what's the table? Is it a table like a banquet table and there's people coming to this banquet? They're going to sit down at it and God is the chef and he's making the food and he's setting the table and everyone's going to eat together? 
in my mind, that, that could be what this is, but it doesn't really make sense because until verse 5, we were talking about a shepherd and a sheep and the valley of the shadow of death and following the shepherd and the rod and the staff comforting me. So could the table be related to the shepherd and sheep picture and not be changing the picture in the middle of the song? And I think it's possible that it is because the table could refer to the table or the plateau where the sheep would eat. You prepare the pasture before me. And a lot of times when uh, the, shep- the shepherd was trying to find a place for the sheep to eat, he would go ahead of them and find a location, a plateau that was safe, the plateau that had the nourishment and the, the grass, the green pastures that were needed. And he would take these sheep to this plateau and he would plan the journey and he would find this, this table, this, this place where the, the sheep would eat. I, literally, we use the word table to describe these plateaus, these, these flat pieces of earth. And these sheep would be taken to this place where there would be enemies, but they would be protected from them. So the table could be God is giving you the supply for the meals that you need. It could be the place where the sheep go. But the truth remains the same. In the presence of my enemies, God is doing this preparation. Well, what enemies? For the sheep in the pasture, they had three main enemies. They would have poison predators, and pests. Poison would be stuff that they could eat, that they could ingest, that would actually cause them to become sick or to die. And so when the shepherd would prepare the table, he would make sure that everything that was there was safe for the sheep to eat. And so the shepherd would be uh, literally picking up the things that would be bad in the place that the shepherd was supplying for them. The other enemy that they would face is the prey. This would be the wolf that's going to come sneak in and it's going to grab the weak sheep or grab the sheep that's cast down on his back and eat him for dinner. It could be the bear or the lion that would come in. This could be somebody else coming to try to steal the sheep. And the shepherd would have to protect them from those literal enemies. The third thing that the the sheep would face could be pests. It would be bugs and flies that get into um, the sheep's wool and into the sheep's eyes. Well, the way that the shepherd protected the sheep from these pests was he would anoint their head with oil. There's an oil that gets poured onto the sheep that would protect them from the blood. You use it all the time. It comes from Rite Aid or Costco and you spray yourself and it keeps the mosquitoes away. Well, the oil that the shepherd would use on the sheep would do the same thing because in the, we are always going to be in the presence of our enemies. But it is possible to be prepared and to be protected by our shepherd in the presence of our enemies. We can still eat the banquet feast. We can still have what we need, in, even though we know that there are enemies around us. And we're probably not facing uh, pests, poison, and, and prey. But we face the real tragedy of evil in this world. People do horrible things that cause bad things to happen. They do them on purpose. They do them by accident. They make choices that affect all of us. And sometimes their stupid choice has dire consequences for the rest of us, the presence of our enemies. We know that there, there is evil in this world and there's the, the powers of the darkness of this air. And we know that that Satan doesn't want good things to happen to his to people. Satan doesn't want God's name. He wants us to be distracted. He wants us to be uh, uh, 
put put away from God and heavenly things. So he's working in the background to disrupt lives. We know that there is disease and that there is devastation and that there is disaster and that there is pandemic. And for a lot of us, the worst evil of all is inside our souls. We make choices and we make mistakes that we know shouldn't be made. We we sin and we, we cause pain to other people and we do things and we are, are sometimes our own worst enemies. Psalm 23 says that God prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Why do bad things happen? Why is there pain and hurt and suffering in this world? Why did that fire burn? Why did those floods come? Where does this pandemic come from and why has God not stopped it? Because there are enemies in this world. There is trouble here. And God said in John, Jesus said in John, in this world you will have guaranteed trouble. Because you're a follower of Jesus or because you know Jesus doesn't eliminate you from trouble. There are people who believe in God in that apartment complex, and there are people who don't believe in God in that apartment complex. They both lost everything equally. There's people making good choices. There's people making bad choices. We are guaranteed trouble. We pray for protection. We pray for peace. And God hears those prayers. And he said, listen, the trouble will come. There will be times of danger. There will be times of war. But my promise to you is that I will walk with you through it. My promise to you is I will prepare a table before you. The difference between someone who believes in God and doesn't believe in God is not that they won't go through trouble. It's that when they go through trouble, they will have the presence of Jesus with them. You anoint my head with oil when those sheep are protected from the pests. In the scriptures, an anointing of oil means the presence of the Holy Spirit over top of you, inside of you, and all around you. It's the blessing of God uh, in your life. And when you have God in your life, when you have the Holy Spirit in you, when you pray the prayer to accept Jesus as your personal Savior, when you become a follower of God, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit makes residence inside of you. And you have in you and with you the most powerful presence of the God of the universe at all times and in every moment. And you are then protected from your enemies. You have that presence of God and that blessing of God on you at all times. So because God prepares a table... Because God is with you in times of trouble, because he has given you the gift of the Holy Spirit to bless you and lead you, because God has done these things, my cup overflows. My cup overflows. I'm full. If you're going through these disasters, this pandemic, these fires, these floods, and you're totally empty, I want to invite you to let God fill you up. The last week and a half, we've been running like crazy as a part of Branch Life Church to love our neighbors, to be for Pottstown, to help care for as many people as possible. And to tell you the truth, it's exhausting. This is an incredible process. This is a a challenging task. And it's a privilege to be a part of it. And how do we take the next step? How do we deal with the next 
uh, day? How do we help the next family? How do we solve the next problem? How do we do that without totally burning out, without being completely empty at the end of the day? We do it because God is the one who does it through us. Because God is the one that fills us up. And in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the tragedy, we still have peace that passes understanding. We still have strength that comes from God. And when your cup overflows, you are able to turn around and help the people around you. One of the most incredible things that I've seen happening as we've worked with the families of this apartment fire over the past week is the moment we turn to give one of the families help, they take the help that they've given and they give it away to the other family. I have been given so much, they say. My neighbors, my community, they've flooded me with so much. I'm okay. I want to give it to someone else. When your cup overflows because of the presence of the Lord, you're able then to love drastically your neighbors. At Branch Life Church, we named our church this because we believe that Christ is the vine and we are the branches. And the stronger our connection to Christ, the more fruit we will bear, the more we can help our neighbors. If I'm okay in Christ, I can be there for someone else. And by God's grace, I'm okay because I have Christ and I want to help someone else in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a fire, in the midst of a flood. Whether it's spiritual hurt, whether it's relationships falling apart, whether it's financial need, we want to invite you to be filled with the presence of God. And God is filling us so that we can encourage you. So when I can't see his plan, when I don't understand why this is happening, where this pain is coming from, and what possible good can come from it. When I can't see it, I might as well just close my eyes and hold on to God's hand. Here's the promises that are made in Psalm 23. He is present, so I am not alone. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. When you have the presence of God, you are not ever alone. He provides, therefore I'm content. He prepares, he leads me to green pastures. He sets the table before me. And so there's there's nothing more than I need. I, I may have lost all of my earthly possessions in a fire, but I can be content. I can be content with what will come. I can be content with what I had. And I know that God will provide and bring those green pastures to me in his time. He protects. I am safe. In the presence of my enemies, he, he anoints my head with oil. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. I am safe in the arms of God. There may be moments where I get sick. There may be moments where I have physical harms and I may even pass away. But if my soul is in God's hands, my soul will forever be with him. I am safe in my relationship with God. And though the worst may come, God gives us the best and he comforts. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. He anoints our head with oil. The cup that I have overflows. I, I'm loved. If you're feeling alone in this world, if you're fe feeling left behind or forgotten, know this, that God sees you, that God knows you, that God loves you, and that God cherishes 
the opportunity to have a relationship with you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And there is an, if there is an emptiness in your soul, it's because God wants to fill it. If there's something missing in your life, if there is a lack of purpose or direction, know that God wants to give you that purpose and give you that direction. You have been created and designed for a reason. God has a plan for you. God has a hope for you. And God wants to lead you like a shepherd would through this life. God is our hope. And if you've never put your faith in God, if you've never accepted God as your personal Savior, if you've never uh, 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 said that you wanted to become a follower of Jesus, it is the most important and the most powerful decision that you can make. I want to invite you into a personal relationship with Jesus in this very moment. Someday we are all going to stand before God and he's going to look at us. He's going to judge us on the decision that we make in this moment. Will you decide to follow God? I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I make bad choices all the time. I know that I can't save myself. There is nothing that I can do to restore my soul. There's nothing that I can do to get a, to, an, to pay an entry fee into heaven. There's no religion I can follow. There's no action that I can take. But I can simply rely and trust in God. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Today, will you believe in Jesus? God loved the world that he sent his son Jesus to this world to die for you and for me on the cross. And he rose again three days later. I can prove that to you historically if you want to have that conversation. But today, let's take it by faith. Will you believe in Jesus and invite him into your heart? If you're ready to become a follower of Jesus, if you're ready to fill that emptiness inside of you, if you're ready to let Jesus be your shepherd and to let him lead, will you simply have this conversation with God? Say, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I am sorry for my sin. I want to invite you into my life to save me. I want to trust you for my salvation. I want to become a follower of Jesus. God, will you save me? The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And in this moment, if that's what you did, you have become a part of the family of God. And God loves you. In his arms, you are safe. You can be content in whatever he provides. And you can know that you are never alone. And from this moment on, he becomes your shepherd. He becomes your leader. And all you have to do is follow what he says do. What he says not to do, don't do. We take up the, the directions that God has given us in this roadmap. We take up the plans that God has laid for us in this strategy book. We take up the instructions that God has given us in this love letter and we simply follow him. I've been doing my best to follow the word of God ever since I asked Jesus Christ to be my savior. And it's one of the most powerful things in my life. And when I, when I do that, when I do that right, I see God's blessing. And when I walk away from this, I see the, the traps that I've fallen on other sides. I want to be a follower that follows my shepherd's lead. So this amazing song ends with this closing verse. It says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. When you are in the shepherd's hands, you are followed by goodness. For God works all things together for good. Yes, even a fire. I don't know how that works out. I'm just going to hold his hand and trust him in it. That goodness is in this for those of us 
that are following Jesus. That goodness is provided even though we don't deserve it. God gives us good things in this world and in this life and mercy will follow me. Mercy is getting something that we don't deserve. I deserve punishment. I deserve pain. I deserve retribution. But when God pours down his mercy on me, he pours down his forgiveness. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, if goodness and mercy follow me, then it should be true that goodness and mercy mark the decisions that I make. I want to encourage you, wherever you are in the relationships of this world, to pursue goodness, to pursue mercy on other people. We like to get mad. We like to get upset. We like to divide. But mercy says, give somebody they don't deserve. Give them something special. Give them that forgiveness. Give them that extra kindness. Give them that opportunity. Give them mercy. So when I'm a follower of Jesus, being followed by goodness and mercy means my cup overflows. I don't want, I don't have to want, and I can provide goodness and mercy to those that are around me by God's grace. You see, in this fire that was taking place, the families were escaping from the building and they were flooding out into this field. They were looking back at all of their worldly possessions and they were seeing memories and, and, and belongings, and in some cases, even pets, passing away. And as they looked at this burning fire, it's easy in that moment to become cast down, to have turmoil in your soul, and to forget the truths that this song reminds us in. My new friend Shannon was here, and she grabbed her phone, and she took a picture of what used to be her dining room window. And above that picture, after the roof had collapsed, she captured this image. It's a powerful image that gives us a powerful reminder of an incredible truth that we've looked at today. That when you go through trouble, that when you go through fire, you are not alone. God travels through the fire with you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because they loved God, were thrown into the fiery furnace. And when the king looked into the furnace, he said, didn't we throw three men in there? But yet there are four. And the fourth is like the Son of God, walking with them through the fire. God is walking with you through this time. You are not alone. And God's hands and feet have been active in this world. I can show you a relief center that's been packed by God's hands and feet. I can tell you about the stories, about people coming up in acts of kindness, giving everything that they have to help these families that have been lost. Everything that they have. God is with you. Will you let him restore your soul? Will you let him be the one that picks you up, that holds you, and restores your soul. Will you take God's hand today, this week, no matter what comes? Let this song from Psalms be on your summer playlist. In these moments that we have together as we conclude this time, I want to say a special prayer for those that have been going through this, this difficult tragedy, for the young lady that's still in the hospital and for our, our neighbors and for our community in this time. Will you, wherever you are, join me in praying over 
all of these that have lost so much during this time. God, as we've been together as a neighborhood, as a, as a community here in the Pottstown and North Coventry area, we know that you knew way before what would happen in these moments, and God, that you have prepared these times. God, we pray for these friends and these neighbors that, that were affected by this fire, and God, we pray over them now. Wherever they are in this process, whatever they're feeling, God, we pray that you would show yourself real to them. God, that they would feel your presence, that they would feel your love, and God, that you would provide for them above and beyond what they need so that they can be restored, so that they can rebuild, so God, they can, they can uh, begin to grow anew again. God, would you overflow their cups to full and overflowing? God, we pray for uh, protection. We pray for this one who's still battling physical needs. God, we pray healing over her. And God, we pray that that in the, in the hours and in the days ahead, that God, she would be able to turn the corner and begin to make a full recovery, be with the family as they're by her side. And then as she has to work to rebuild for those who have, who have lost possessions, for those who have lost um, uh, values, valuable things, God, for those who have lost memories in this fire, we pray, Lord, that you would restore to them uh, what they need and what's important. And God, that they would be able to each one find a great place to live, a great place to rent, the, a place to put down some roots and be able to move on to this next chapter of their life. And God, would you provide for them the daily needs that they need between now and then, the meals that they have to eat, the, the money that they need to pay gas, the clothes that they need to put on their backs. And God, would you continue to unify our neighborhood? Would you allow us to be neighbors that love one another and show the love of Jesus to one another and continue, God, to pay forward the much goodness and mercy that you've given to us in these times and in these places. And we pray, God, that you would draw many people to yourself in these moments. Continue to use us, Lord, as a church and as a people and as neighbors to show the love of Jesus to as many people as we possibly can. We ask for protection and provision over all of these that have been affected by the fires and Lord, those who have been affected by the floods and those that are battling, uh, uh, Lord, poverty and sickness through this pandemic time. We leave all of this in your hands and we take your hands in these moments. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Man, thank you so much for joining us this week. If, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, we would love to know about that. Would you all, no matter who you are, fill out the response card? And if you've made a decision, let us know that you've done that, or in the comment section even right now, you could say hashtag, I, I prayed that prayer. I prayed to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. And if you fill out a response card, let us know how we can be praying for you. We'd love everyone to take a moment to do that. So in your platform, whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, or our website, our host is putting a link to the response card right now, and they're they're letting you, uh, giving you an opportunity to click on that link and respond. Many have asked how we can continue to help these fire victims, and we at Branch Life Church are a regular part of the Relief Center, and we're making plans to do that. So you can go to our Facebook page anytime and get the latest information or ask questions from us there, and we'll let you know how you can do that. Financial donations are being accepted through a new website that is uh, committed to the long-term help of these families, and those donations can be given to the Tri-County Network. If you go to TCN 
the TCN Network page. You'll find a link there to help the Ashwood Fire family victims. And again, we'll put that on our Facebook page so that you can find it and that you can link up. Thank you for so many of you that have served and that have supported these victims through this time, that have given your money, your your uh, your volunteered your service, and helped us as we've been able to come along uh, side these these friends and these neighbors during this emergency crisis period. We'll continue to serve as long as the need is there and we'll keep you updated online. We'd love to have you join us in person if you can at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings for our outdoor services or stream with us live anytime at 10.30 on Sundays or on demand thereafter. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to be in a new psalm next week, so join us as we continue our summer playlist in the book of Psalms. Have a great rest of the day.